Hey everybody, welcome to our series called Unstuck. I know you and I and all of us have been stuck at some point in our life and probably many different times in life, right? And uh, we all get stuck in different areas. I mean, we've been stuck personally, we've been stuck financially. Um, some of us have been stuck spiritually, like just caught at a certain level where we kind of stopped growing. Maybe maybe in our physical life, maybe just, uh, you know, we got in a bad habit or two. Um, anyway, we all get stuck in some way, maybe relationally stuck. Uh, one time we were talking about how we can get stuck in a relationship that uh, is going nowhere and getting us nowhere. Or sometimes we get stuck relationally. That is, it's not that we're in a bad relationship, but we're in some bad relational patterns. The way we're handling that relationship gets us stuck. But in any way, we've all been stuck, you know, at one point or another. And so today in our, in our series, we're following the life of Abraham. And Abraham's a central character in the Bible. Um, he's the founder of the Jewish nation. And in Genesis 12, he kind of jumps into the Bible story and he's a key figure in the whole story. And we're gonna go to a part of his life. And if I can, I just wanna read um, a story. It's a, it's a wild story, let's just be honest. Um, and then let me uh, unpack it after I read the story for you. So this is in Genesis, it's the 12th chapter. And uh, I'll start reading about verse 10 and follow the story. Uh, now, there was a famine in the land. So let me back up. Verse nine, Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. And this is uh, where the story, so he makes his way into the promised land. I don't have time, but if you wanna listen to the previous uh, three messages in the series, you can get some context as to where Abraham was traveling. He was called to go to the land of Canaan. And so he finally gets there. That's where he is. He's gotten there. Now, as soon as he gets there, there's a famine. It says, now there was a famine in the land. So it's kind of like, have you ever been following or what you thought, well, I'm doing the right thing and the wrong things are happening? You know, this is what happens to Abraham. Uh, he's following God. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And things immediately turn bad, turn sour, go south. Um, you've had this happen. You know, you, you've listened, you, you've, you've obeyed, and you've followed the best that you knew how, and then it, things just went sour. And it says, there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. And as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live. Say you're my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. So I, I was thinking of all kinds of titles for this message. Maybe we could call it the original trophy wife. Um, maybe we could call it sticky situations. Uh, maybe we could call it lie or die. Um, but whatever you would call it, this is Abram with his wife, and he's headed to Egypt. And right before they get there, he goes, hey, sweetie, um, what do you say we put a little twist on this story? And, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to go well for me. You're really fine looking, and I think they're going to have eyes for you. 
Um, I think it's going to be curtains for me. So what do you say we just call you my sister? Then Abram, when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was very beautiful. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And she was taken into his palace. Now, evidently, right away, they, they went on with their idea. And they were approached. And then Abraham said, well, you know, who are you guys? Where are you coming from? And he says, well, you know, this is, I'm Abram. This is my sister. And they said, oh, your sister. Well, um, you know, the Pharaoh might want to meet her. And they part ways. Um, and it says, he treated Abram well for her sake. Abram acquired sheep, cattle, male and female's donkeys, men servants and maidservants, and camels. This is not small, by the way. Uh, I probably should read it real slow. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about uh, Abram to his men, and they sent him off on his way with his wife and everything he had. You got to keep all the stuff. You got to keep all the stuff. And then it says, verse 1 of chapter 13. I'll unpack it in a minute. Hang in there. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev. That's where we started, and that's where we're back to, right? The Negev. And with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. And then verse 2, this is key. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock, in silver, and gold. What is this story about, right? And I spent, of course, a lot of time working through this story and looking at different commentators and what did they say about it. And people have all kinds of reasons or excuses. They justify Abraham lying. Um, you know, or they say, well, he was just human like the rest of us, which he was. He was incredibly human, incredibly normal. Um, and there's so many ways that people talk about this story. But I think a lot of it maybe misses the point. And I think the way to unpack the story and to maybe to get the most out of it is to do what Paul did. And as I'll show you, a guy named Joseph Campbell did. First Paul, Galatians chapter 4, verse 22, Paul talks about a later event in Abram's life where he has two different children from two different wives. And we're going to get to that sticky situation in a future message because it got really sticky. Talk about stuck, you know. He is stuck, I mean, in a lose-lose situation. And anyway, uh, uh, Paul says, take this as an allegory. Now, this is so helpful here. So um, you can look at all different ways of looking at this, but let's do what Paul did and look at it as an allegory or um, a giant metaphor. What, what was happening in this story that you and I could look at for our own life when we get stuck? Because he's following, he's following God, and then there's a famine, a severe one. Um, one that causes him to do something that he never, ever, ever wanted to do. You see, right before, right before they get to Egypt, he turns to Sarah and he says, Hey, this wasn't the first time Abram thought of this. He's been thinking about it every step of their long journey to get to Egypt. 
Egypt was known for being reliable as far as um, food because of the, uh, the way the, the Nile River floods annually and they just learned to build uh, on that system and they had crops and it was always good in Egypt. And so, but the problem was, the problem was Egypt represented Abram's greatest fear, his greatest fear. And that's where Joseph Campbell comes in. Joseph Campbell was this guy who mastered looking at ancient stories and finding the truth in these ancient stories. And so what's the truth in this story? And he says, these stories are all linked. They have common themes, common patterns. And what's the theme or what's the link in this story? I think it's what they call um, the cave of your greatest fear. Entering the cave. Egypt's the cave. He's facing his greatest fear. And look at what he does. He's thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done anything that, like on a physical level, made you feel like you were going to die. I remember when I went uh, skydiving. And, uh, man, talk about just, just, just that feeling like, wow, I could die. I really might die. I think I'm going to die. All these things start rushing through your head, you know, and then you have to decide, are you just going to go for it? You know, are you, gonna, are you just going to do it? And this is about... Uh, Abram facing his greatest fear. And then it says, when you face the cave, when you enter the cave of your greatest fear, that's where you find life's greatest treasure. So he comes out with treasure, treasure, treasure. You got to focus on that in the story, right? That's a key part. He takes his greatest treasure and now he's wealthy. Now he's ready. And but only, only because he went to Egypt, right? He didn't just get food. He didn't just survive. He came out on top. He came out wealthy. So the chore is to find the metaphor in this story and for us to finally face our greatest fear. So before I go on to the message, think about it. What's your greatest fear? I mean, before you can face your greatest fear, think about this, you have to name it. And I, I started, you know, contemplating this. I don't think a lot of us really name what our greatest fear is. And I think some of us would say, well, it's this or that, but sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper and it's a thing, it's a thing underneath there. You know, I fear losing my job or I fear, you know, um, you know, my, my children getting sick or something like that. But then sometimes it's a layer deeper. Maybe it's I fear being alone. I fear being left out. I fear being forgotten. Um, and sometimes it takes a little bit of work to go down a layer and say, what's the thing behind the thing that's really driving my fear? And as we know, fear will paralyze you. Fear will stop you dead in your tracks. And so this is a critical moment in the story of Abram's life where he has to go into Egypt and he's like at the mouth of the cave and then he turns to his wife and he exposes his fear. And this is such a great story. Um, you know, um, I'm learning so much as I guess I'm letting out during my messages, but I learned so much from Charlie. And now... You know, she's two years old, and now we've been doing movies, you know, these kids' movies, and now the movie of the month is Nemo, Finding Nemo, right? And most of you know that story. 
Um, I think we're probably more familiar with Disney's movies and stories than we are Bible stories, unfortunately. Or, but the, the point is, you watch these over and over and over again. The story of Nemo. It's actually the story of Marlin, the father of Nemo, right? Because the whole story begins with the dad and his fear, right? He lost his wife. He lost all of his other, the eggs, all of his other children. And all he's got is Nemo. And he's afraid he's going to lose Nemo. And he's afraid of going out in open water. And of course, what happens? Nemo goes out into open water and he's taken. And Marlin has to face his greatest fear. Why? Because he wants that treasure. He wants Nemo back. Oh, it's a good story. Man, it's such a good story. You got to swim into those waters. You got to enter that cave. You, you, you have to go for it. This is the thing. Face your greatest fear. That's the only way. And so today, for our um, message, I want to just go through um, four or five things, right, that can help you face um, the greatest fears in your life. Now, uh, this is what Joseph Campbell called the belly of the whale, right? Which we know where that, that metaphor comes from. But this is, um, it's, it's um, you finally taking that step, right? Um, and going into the unknown and trusting God. What Abram was known for, and as we sneak into the New Testament over this series, he's known for his faith. That he just trusted God. And I mean, that's all you can do sometimes. You get to a point where like, I just have to trust God. I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm going to trust God. And so instead of worrying about all the other nuances of the story and get lost in literalism, which you don't want to do, you want to get the main point. Step into your fear. And so how do we face our greatest fears? Ready? First, um, you have to recognize, you have to recognize um, that you're gonna die anyway, right? So if you push fear to the ultimate, it's death, right? And this is what Abraham feared. He, if I stay in this famine, I'll probably die. It was a severe famine. Something you and I, probably most of us don't know anything about is the fear of starving to death. Um, but if I stay here, I die. And the closer he got to Egypt, he realized I might die going here too. And maybe at some point we all have to realize that's just a part of life, that we're going to die. And we put it out there, and we, we deal with it, we stare at it, and we move past it, you know. Or, you know, I call it uh, dying early. Dying early so you can live fully. That's the key to life. Just facing it. I mean, once you face the fact that you're going to die, that's what Jesus did. He faced it. He recognized it. It was a matter of time. Um, we celebrated Dr. King this week. He faced it. He knew it was a matter of time. Once you die early, you can live fully. You can live freely. And you can live completely. That's exactly the key, right? And Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. Now look, to be honest with you, most of us have to get pushed into facing our fear. Most of us don't just step boldly into it. Abraham was stuck. He was stuck. I, I can't stay here. I, I'm going to die if I stay here. But I'm going to die if I go forward. And so he was kind of stuck. And this is what happens to a lot of us. We get pushed into facing our fear. 
I can tell you. Um, I mean, I've, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm not, I guess I'm neither old enough to be wise. Um, but I, I tell you, once I've faced some things that I, I was, I didn't know I was afraid of them. Looking back, I didn't know I was afraid of some things. But when I went through them, then I realized how afraid I was. But once I went through them, I realized, I looked around, I wasn't dead, you know, and I got up, and then when I came through, I was, I would never have faced that fear, but I had to be pushed into it. And once you're pushed into it, you start to name it. And that's where you begin. I can name it. I named that fear. This is what I was afraid of. But you know what? I faced it, and I'm still here. Now, the other thing that you do, once you get there, is you gotta focus on the other side. What's gonna happen when I get through this? What's gonna happen when I get through this? Because I am gonna get through it. Say it, I am gonna get through it. And on the other side, it's gonna be okay. Simple example, um, a, a little simple fear that I had. I remember when I was a kid, and I, I liked adventurous things and all of that, but I remember, I don't know what age I was, but I was just young enough that I went to the Cedar Point and went on the corkscrew and I was sitting next to my grandma. And uh, you know, my grandma and my grandpa, they used to love this stuff and we went with them. And I remember my dad would take us to Cedar Point and I'd sit with grandma and ride the rides. But the first time I went on the corkscrew, was first time went upside down in a roller coaster and I'm going up the hill. And I, the fear started to creep in, you know? And I think I wanted to act strong and tough, but I must have said something to my grandma. And I never forget, like to this day, I remember what she said to me. She goes, just pretend you're sitting on the Davenport, right? In other words, just pretend we're sitting here on the couch together and everything's fine. Picture the other side, you know, everything's okay. Everything's better. And sometimes the only way you can face your fear is you have to look through it. Focus on the other side, like what's gonna actually happen on the other side. I don't know, Abraham's, if you can begin to conceive, that's why Paul wrote later, he goes, um, we can't even conceive what God has in store for us, right? But God reveals it by his spirit. This takes a work of deep looking inside of yourself and knowing that there's so much more to your life than you've even given yourself credit for you, than you've even begun to, as Paul said, think or imagine. God has more in store than you even dreamt of for you. So think about the other side, past your fear. And the other thing is, when you're facing your fears, I really believe we have to stay, as they say, in the moment. Or, as Jesus said, live one day at a time. Or don't worry about tomorrow, you know. Here's where, what happens to a lot of people, maybe all of us, right? Um, we're facing our fear and we start to worry. But what if this happened? Oh no, but what if this? What if this doesn't happen? What if this doesn't come through? Look, it's okay and we're, we're trained to analyze and to weigh the pros and the cons and to try to think that's all good and it has its place, sure. But when it comes down to it, Life is about living by faith, you know. It's not to throw your brains out. It's not to throw out the idea of making some judgments. But you have to get to a point where you just stay in the moment. I'm okay right here. Everything's okay. 
I can't figure out every single thing that's going to happen in the future, but I know God's in my future, and I know my future is good, and I know God's going to take care of it. So I stay present. I stay in the moment. I, I, I don't miss what's around me today. Sometimes you do that, and you miss you know, your, your children, or you miss the good relationships that you do have, or you miss the good times that are right there in front of you. You miss the joy, right, that's all around you because you're just pushing past it to something else that you're afraid of. In other words, you're not celebrating the, the, the stuff that's around you. And so stay in the moment. Face your fears by staying present and not getting too far ahead of yourself. We start telling ourselves all these stories about this might happen and that might happen and just back up and live one day, one moment at a time. And then find the greater resource inside you. Find the greater resource. I don't think Abraham could have even conceived of what was gonna happen, but all of a sudden they just start lavishing Abram with all these gifts, right? They start bringing him sheep and cattle and camels and and and, and people and, and it, it just it just gets heaped on him. And his his wealth and his arsenal and his fame and his name, they all start to grow. And all of this favor and you can call it fortune is just heaped on him. Listen to me, I want to I want to say something I think is important that this what this is about. There's so much um, more inside of you that you haven't realized yet. You, you can't stop. You can't settle and just say, well, this is it. There's a lot more. It's kind of like this. Um, if you've ever worked out, you know this to be true. You're at the gym, you do a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you get pushed. There's more, and there's more, and there's more. And someone pushes you, no, do 10 more, do five more, do, do two more minutes. And you push and push, and you realize, I, I didn't know that was in me. Of course it's in you. It takes the cave of fear, right? It takes it takes something to push you to the very next spot. And that's what can happen for you. So please listen. You've got more inside of you. You really do. And if you will allow yourself, right, find that deeper source. Find the greater thing that's inside of you. You know what happens? Marlon finds Nemo. But Marlon finds more than Nemo. Marlon finds himself. Marlon faces his fear. Marlon makes all kinds of new friends. Marlon expands his territory to the ocean. This is the whole story, right? And this is Abram's story. He comes full circle back, but now he's a different person. Now he's in a different place. Now he knows a different thing about himself. And so here's what I'd like to say today. The story of Abram is the story of you and me. And God has us on a journey. And sure, you make the step, you make the obedience, and then you think, well, why did this happen? Now I got all this stuff I got to deal with. And I, I was thought if I just followed God, everything would be perfect or rosy. And that's not true. There's famine. There's setback after setback. But it takes you on a journey for a reason. So you can find the greater that's inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greatest resource is on the inside of you because as Jesus taught, right, in John 4, inside of you will flow rivers of living water, the Spirit of God inside of you. 
man, there's so much more in you than you even begin to realize. That's what this story is about. Face your fears because in that cave, not only you find riches and treasure, you will find the greatest version of yourself, which is still unfolding. You can do it. I'm in your corner and I'm proud of you and I'm cheering for you every step of the way. God bless you, Orchard Grove. Let's say a prayer. Lord, we thank you that you've taken us on a great journey and we're all at different places in our journey. But God, we all have to face the cave of our greatest fears. And so help us to face it with the courage of your spirit, guiding us. God, keep us focused on getting through it to the other side. But God, allow us to live in the moment day by day and to find within us the greater resource that you've planted in us through your spirit. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless Orchard Grove. Have a beautiful week. We'll see you soon.